Welcome to Weed Week. I'm Alex Halperin. And I'm Donnell Alexander. This is the Weed Week podcast. You can subscribe to our free newsletters, Weed Week, Weed Week California, and Weed Week Canada, all at weedweek.net. And you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Weed Week News. Got any feedback? Write to us at hello at weedweek.net. Our guest today is John Warden, and he is the leader of No Vet Alone. The reason why he's on the Weed Week podcast is he has a deal with Mr. Sherbinsky to help match vets who are suffering from PTSD with the cannabis strains that best work for them. Sherbinsky is just everywhere. Isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> but I do like that it's not all, you know, what's the, the famous stories in? Barney's. Uh, Bar- he's not all Barney's luxury stuff. He's actually doing some things that are beneficial to people yeah. who aren't just no, making absolutely. money. I mean, No Vet Alone just sounds like a really, really interesting organization in, in its own right. Right. The thing about John Warden that's unexpected is that he comes to this from not cannabis and not from a veteran's position, but he was a really famous cyclist. I was aware of him, and um, he definitely has a sort of a athlete's dedication to this project. So No Vet Alone, it, it's, a, it's a program that works with, with veterans in a bunch of different ways to, to get them back on their feet. Yeah, and not every vet is not on their feet, but PTSD right. is widely known to be affecting a lot of people. And they incorporate cannabis, but not. it doesn't sound like they, they force it on anybody or anything. <laughs> no, like no one that would be forced to have such punishment. <laughs> but it's an option that you know I think is going to be more accepted. It's an interesting program and, and an interesting interview. But first, we're going to talk about Ohio. Yes, what's going on in Ohio? Well, I'm an Ohioan by birth. I was there. Buckeye. I am a Buckeye. What's the name of the, the, remember the mascot that they had in 2015 when Ohio tried to go legal? And, um, yes, it, it, it was like Buddy or something. Buddy the mascot. He was like a big butt. He looked a little bit like Brutus Buckeye. That's the thing. <laughs> if you're not from Ohio, you don't realize this. The Ohio State mascot, and he was just a green version of it. And he was super cute, but nothing so fun as that is the topic. We had um, news from the Ohio Medical Board about their decision to not allow medical marijuana to be prescribed to children who are suffering from anxiety and autism. What do you think about that? I mean, I don't think they're the first state to do that. It, it sort of highlights the absurdity of, of the current system where, you, you know, you have some states that say, yes, this is a legitimate therapy for autism. And you have some places that say it's not. And you don't really have any sort of real authoritative view on whether whether it is or or it isn't so it it's just another case where you, you know ohio can make their decision and and other states can can decide differently but it's hard to tell which is serving the patients best well yeah i i'm just going to come down as on the side of thinking it's not serving the patients best and it's it's a catch-22 in the sense that you got to have research results in order to get people to buy on buy into it state by state but you can't get research because it's not legal at the federal level and I think that's an excuse you can you can sit back on and let children keep getting fed. Um, what's what's the drug they give the kids? Focus in, <laughs> um, no Adderall or whatever. But you can also look at what's happening in other states. And there's so many testimonials. There's so much of what we would call uh, anecdotal evidence about how this stuff works on kids with autism. I don't know so much about anxiety, but I think it's enough. You can look at it and actually have a conversation. I wanted to bring this up not just to complain about my home state, <laughs> but because 
there's a period where the public can actually weigh in with the board of um, the Ohio Medical Board. I think it's between October 15th and November 1st. So if you're in Ohio and you have a kid who's suffering, you can get the list of ailments that are addressed by medical marijuana put into the conversation. If you engage, go to the website, and um, they're taking public comment. I, I'm really bothered by this. I, I, I don't know why I'm bothered so much by it, but it really just, just sticks in my craw. All right. So, Ohioans, go forth. Get your shit together. All right. Now, here is John Wharton of uh, Novet Alone. John Worden, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Alex. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's good to have you here. You and Novet alone have been collaborating with Mario Guzman, and that's Mr. Shabinsky from episode 46 of the Weed Weed podcast. Yep. I want to know how you guys came along and got together in this collaboration, but first, tell us about you and how you got involved with this veterans organization. So I founded my program back in 2000, end of 2007, and I was a professional cyclist for many years, ran a fairly successful professional cycling team. And then um, one day I got a call from a uh, therapist from the Palo Alto VA Polytrauma Suicide Prevention Program asking about setting up. Why, uh, would, they, why would they reach out to you for something like that? The guy was a big cycling enthusiast, and, and the phone call started something like, are you John Warden? I said, yes. Are you the John Warden? I said, other than my dad, there's no other John Warden that I know of in the world. <laughs> so you complete, were you in the Olympics or something like that? You were at a very high level. I was at a very high level. Uh, I, I never did the Olympics, but uh, the professional team that I ran was, we led the world in number of wins five years in a row. Seven years in a row, we were the North American professional team of the year, mm. which is- What was the name of the team? Uh, the Mercury Cycling Team, based here in California, and then we had a base of operations in outside of Paris, France. Mm. So anyway, this guy knows who you are, and he calls you up. Right, and he, he's like, hey, we, we think that group cycling or adaptive cycling could be a good therapy for guys coming back from Iraq and Afghanistan, and we need some help setting up a program. And then it sort of evolved into more of the mental health side as things got it going, because we, you know, I designed and built you know, hundreds and hundreds of custom adaptive bikes for amputees and mm. guys dealing with different physical issues. But then when when guys were doing the program, they, the feedback that everybody had was how much it affected their mental health and how they were getting off prescription drugs and how wonderful that was and how much better they felt. And, you know, they were able to basically change their life, help, you know, save their family and get on and be productive participants in our democracy. You know, as the cannabis uh, legalization efforts started going, I started getting contacted by companies interested in working with vets, and basically they just wanted to sell products to the vets, and that wasn't really that interesting to me. I mean, never really had anybody that was really interested in really trying to solve an issue, which is, you know, the over-prescription of opioids and the addiction and all the bad things that happen from that process, and... When I got introduced to Mario and he was explaining why he's who he is, it, it was like I was just like what I do for adaptive cycling and what I've done for that. He's he's that kind of guy or more for the cannabis industry. So wait, how did you meet him? 
we got introduced to, to a mutual friend and uh you know because this friend of mine who's who's in the music business we were kind of talking because we were trying to do this big fundraising concert we were just talking for about vets. for vets yeah and uh we were just talking about how you know we have a lot of guys in our program and i had testified in front of congress last may and one of the questions that was asked is you know we have this huge opioid epidemic in this country why aren't we looking at cannabis or cbd mm. as a solution as an alternative therapy and no one on the panel wanted to answer the question <laughs> um it's pretty hilarious because everyone's looking oh, of course because <laughs> i don't care so tell us what you said uh, uh, I could play it for you. I got it. It's it's the House Veterans. It was a hearing on technology. Mr. Vorbacher. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, and thank you to our witnesses today. Uh, let me just, this is uh, not directly on technology, but it's uh, dealing with the VA issues. Uh, some of the things that you're describing that have uh, motivated you to focus on trying to find technological solutions um, like depression, a sense of hopelessness, etc. A lot of that can be traced, some of us believe, to the use of opiates uh, by the VA. And uh, some of us believe that the VA has taken the easy way out simply by prescribing opiates to somebody with a problem, which, uh, which when you subscribe that kind of drug, you're going to end up with a prop with someone with serious problems. Uh, now, should uh, the VA be permitted to use cannabis? Should they have that as an option rather than just opiates? And uh, just, uh, uh, I got some other questions that go directly to technology, but could I have your opinions on that? Just a no, yes, no, or something like that? All right, I'll jump in. Well, I've been doing this for 10 years. Yes. And I've had over 30,000 veterans come through my program. And I will tell you unequivocally that many of the veterans in our program use cannabis. And they use it as an alternative to opioids. Is so, that, Is that good? It seems to be working because they're all still alive. All right. Does anybody else have an opinion on that? Okay. So now you see, uh, you know, that's kind of what, uh, what you're dealing with. Mm -hmm. When was that? That was last May. Okay. The obvious question, how did you learn that cannabis is helping these people or that it could be a source of relief? Well, just like just like I said in the testimony, I mean, the vets talk about it. I mean, What sort it, of things were you hearing? Well, from? no, you, I mean, the vets talk about, you know, hey, I use cannabis, I use CBD, it helped me get off opioids. You know, they, they tell me their story, they tell me what they're doing. I mean, we do a lot of research on our vets. Every vet that comes to our program, we try to understand exactly what's going on. So we can understand whether our program is effective or not. And so we ask specific questions about prescription drugs and what types of prescription drugs you use and what effect our program has on that use. And one of the things that we found through that research is that 62% of our program participants reduce or eliminate their prescription drug use. And a lot of those are antidepressants, they're sleep medications. When guys get healthier, a lot of it is like type two diabetes. Uh, and the effects of that, and then opioids. And so I would say of that 62%, the vast majority of that are opioids and antidepressants. And so to me, if I'm getting guys off antidepressants and opioids, that's a success <laughs> story right there. It's interesting you, you add antidepressants to that as, as well as opioids. I mean, 
some people have done pretty well on antidepressants. They're not as controversial as opioids. Why do you think that's a positive step? Well, I think anytime you take a prescription drug, what you find is that there's side effects. And then you need a prescription drug for the side effects. And, and so like, let's say antidepressants or any type of PTSD medication, one of the big factors is you get erectile dysfunction. And then that affects your family life and your relationship with your wife. And it's not a surprise that over 50% of those people in that category are getting divorced. Mm. So it's like, you know, if you're getting off those meds, that's making you healthier. That gives you the ability to improve your relationships and makes your life better. You don't come from a military background, correct? No, I did officer candidate school for the Marine Corps when I was in college for one beautiful six-week summer session in Quantico, Virginia. But other than that, that's a, that's the extent of my experience. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that sounds amazing, but it doesn't sound like it's going to convince a whole bunch of people on that side. I guess I, what I want to know is there must be pushback when you suggest these things. And what's that pushback like when you do And how do you deal with it? First of all, my business is about helping people, and it's about outcomes. And so, you know, we measure outcomes. And if we have a guy come to our program who's suicidal or has a severe depression or some type of mental health or physical issue, and we're able to, to get that guy through our program, and on the other end of the program, he becomes a productive person in our country or for his own life, that's a success story. And so for me, I mean, what other people think, it's not really important. What's important is what are the outcomes? And I mean, it's overwhelming. You know, 99% of the people that come through this program are better at the other end. And, you know, one of the things that we're doing now is we're trying to take it a step further and trying to really utilize technology and alternative therapies to the issue because mental health is super complicated. And so we, we've partnered with Mario and, and Sherbinsky's and looking specifically at can you look at personality, can you look at condition, and can you look at specific strains of products that can get you that successful outcome? I have a, a relationship with the guy who created the eHarmony personality match algorithm. So can you use data analytics? Basically, what he did was he created a personality match. So you take one person's personality and characteristics and match it with another person's characteristics. But what if instead of another person, it was a thing? like cannabis, could that still match? You know, he has a 90, eHarmony is a 98% success rate. Mm -hmm. It's pretty, pretty phenomenal. Like if you need a date and you want a relationship, that's the place to go. So why not take the guy who created that and then create something where you're trying to get a, a specific type of outcome? So that's what I proposed to Mario was, hey, what do you think about this? You know, it's kind of an outside the box concept, but at the same time, it's like, Data analytics, using data analytics, artificial intelligence, using learn, machine learning to take that type of research into a basically a product and have outcomes and be able to predict those outcomes will change the way that you treat mental health. So you got like weed harmony here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you went back to your people with this idea. I mean, it seems like the technology piece is a big part of it as much as the cannabis piece. Am I reading the situation? Oh, absolutely. And, and we even did, you take one step further, we started doing brain imaging. And how can you take brain imaging and understand what's going on in your brain? You can, you can see what a person's brain looks like, and you can see both the 
shape and geography, if you will, of the brain. And then you can also look at blood flow of the brain and understand what's going on so that when you do these therapy things like cannabis or anything, you can actually go back and look in the future and see how does that affect the brain and, and is there actually an outcome? Mm-hmm. And it's pretty objective. And so like you, as you point out, there's naysayers, haters, you know, whatever you want to call them, but you can't argue with objective imaging. Mm-hmm. Can you take us back a little bit and sort of explain how people find your program and then what the program does, how long it lasts? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like so uh, basically people find us through word of mouth. Like like a lot of times vets will be sitting in the lobby at the VA and they're going and everyone's complaining about how they're not getting service or whatever. And some guy will go, hey, have you heard about No Vet Alone? Go check them out, novetalone.org. And, and they find us. I mean, believe me, I get calls every day from people that find me. You know, we have a pretty robust social media presence on Facebook and Instagram where people find us. We're actually going to launch a program on Monday with the uh, 9-11 rescue workers and first responders. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they, you know, recently they, they passed the 9-11 Victims Compensation Fund, which is essentially a life insurance policy for everybody who was affected by 9-11, but it doesn't really cover any mental health support. So I've been working with a group of firefighters from that constituency for many years. First responders in general don't have any, there's no national VA system for first responders. Mm -hmm. And there's incredible amount of stress, especially now because it's become too political to be a policeman or a firefighter which is crazy to me because it's like if they all left, we'd be screwed. (laughs) Some of us more than others. (laughs) Go on. So it's like, you know, you want to help people and you want to help people who help you or help your community be a better community. And so we're going to set up this program and we've already started. And it's amazing how these guys go in and they get their brain scan and they look at their brain scan and they're like, holy crap, no wonder. Like, you know, now I understand why I'm having issues that I'm having. And then you can look at, is cannabis a potential therapy option for these particular folks based on what the brain scan shows? And so what we're trying to do is create a objective path for therapy for mental health, where right now it's uh, completely subjective. Mm -hmm. When I started my program in 2007, the suicide rate in the veterans community was 20 or 22 a day. Here we are 12 years later, the suicide rate is 20 or 22 a day. It hasn't changed a bit. If anything, it's gone up. I mean, there's been nine suicides alone in the NYPD this year. So something needs to be done. And our philosophy in our program is we want to do something that's outside the chain of command so that it, it, it eliminates or reduces to the extent possible the stigmas related to coming forward for help. I mean, look, I mean, it's funny. We just posted this thing about Andrew Luck. So Andrew Luck comes through and says, I'm Andrew retiring. Luck, the football player. The just football player, yeah. So he retired at a very young age. Because very of young pain. age because, because of he, pain. Because of pain and mental health. I mean, yeah. dealing with the stress of, of constant pain. And people don't understand how much chronic pain affects your mental health. And the guy was booed off the field. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, absolutely, these fans, fans are short nuts. For fanatics, remember that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, nuts. Well, let me ask you something. Considering what you're doing with the police, with these vets, success in like five years, how do you see us dealing with these pain and mental health issues? 
Well, what I'm hoping is is that I mean, best case scenario. Best case scenario is the suicide rate goes down, and gen- generally speaking, people feel better about themselves and about their future. Like I said, chronic pain is a big driver there, and that's where I I see the biggest impact that cannabis and and the cannabis community can make. Does the how long does the program last, or is it sort of ongoing for? Well, I think I think well is it inpatient or outpatient or what's both? Yeah, I mean, so we do these uh, we call them retreats in these communities. Our next one is going to be in Oregon in October. Uh, Then we're doing one here in LA in November during Veterans Weekend. And we do those, you know, throughout the country. But then we also do like what we're doing in New York where we do specific interventions and we have a clinic and we're going to set up a base of operation in the city. So it kind of depends because each person is dealing with their own issue individually. I mean, the amount of time, like there's no magic bullet, right? (laughs) No matter how many prescription drugs they churn out, there's never going to be a magic pill. And so... You know, it just depends. So, all right, I'm, I have a challenging question for you here. I feel like you've been here a while. You're up for it. But we had a guest earlier this year float this premise that has stuck with me about not just with um, cannabis and healing mental health issues, but the hallucinogenics movement that's also out there. And this person said, we have this premise that, you know, our, our vets are people who suffer enough that they deserve to be first in line for this stuff. But that in actuality, like if you were to quantify the suffering, you can't quantify suffering, the suffering of women of women and people of color in this country, there are other people who deserve that sort of treatment as well. Do you, how do you feel about that line of thinking? Wow. I mean, uh, so who gets in line first? I mean, that's, <laughs> that's beyond my pay grade. But I, I would say that, Guys that serve the country, I mean, it takes us, having done officer candidate school and the experience it was for me, I have a special place in my heart for guys who step forward and raise their hand, right hand, and and swear an oath. Mm -hmm. I think that, I mean, that's the top, when they talk about the 99% or the 1%, I don't think about it as rich or poor. I think about it as guys that are willing to take a bullet for me or are willing to fight for me to be free. And, I mean, there needs to be some sort of, I don't know if reward is the right word for it, but there there should be something that says, hey, those guys are special and we need to make sure we take care of them because, you know, the reason they're in the condition they're in is because they step forward to, to protect us. It's why there is a VA system. Right. Yeah. So there, there but are, that doesn't mean that the women and children of color aren't important either. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, I didn't that's the, that. I know, I know. <laughs> Look, I mean, a lot of people of color are the ones that step forward. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, our program, you know, military women are about 13 or 14 percent of the military, but they make up about 30 percent of our program. So wow. uh, does that hold across the board? Is that just a thing with you? Do you know? No, that's just with me um, because they f- it's a it's a safe place and they feel like they get something out of it. And I mean, that's the thing that keeps people, I mean, there's, there's a reason why I have strong word of mouth. It's because the program works and people go out and they advocate for it because it does work. And it's paid for with sponsorships? It's paid for by the generosity of the American people. Oh, it's taxpayer funded. No, I, I get money from strictly from donations. I get no government funding whatsoever. And participate, it's free for participants? Yeah, it's free for participants. Oh, wow. Probably a lot of, a lot of folks are a lot of folks in the program are already familiar with cannabis in one way or, or another, but how do you 
do this program where you're trying to match it with certain strains. I mean, that sounds very difficult to do. Especially, not if you're Mario Guzman. <laughs> I guess not if you're Mario Guzman. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I mean, Mario's not Superman. He's Super Mario. <laughs> but. He, he, he's pretty amazing. I mean, uh, look, I mean, the results, like I said, it's a, I'm in the results business. So I'm not here to advocate for one thing or another, except for if the results dictate that. I mean, that's why when I get up in front of Congress, I don't have a problem saying cannabis works. You know why it works? Because the results say it works. Me, myself, I'm not necessarily a... Um, I, I come at it from an agnostic point of view, if you will. It's like, I want things that work. I want things that you can prove can work. And if you can prove that cannabis works, we should be using cannabis. And so then in that respect, I become an advocate for cannabis. Now, if someone else uses cannabis and it doesn't work, then I would say, hey, that guy should not be using cannabis. And that's why I always say it's not for everybody. But for the guys that it helps, it should be available and it should be legal and we should do research on it, and we should figure out, you know, how you can help Mario make the kind of strains that need to be made so that it actually is beneficial. It's not about getting high. It's about fixing your life. Okay. Where can people go to help you out, or if there are people in need of help, where should they be going? They should go to our website. It's uh, novetalone.org, and there's a big red donate button if you want to help support the program. If you're interested in getting involved or you need help or you know somebody that needs help, there's a way that there's a link that you can connect, um, and then uh, we can connect to you. You can also find us on Facebook. There's a Novetalone Facebook page, and there's also a, a, a support group that people can contact us through. Uh, we're on Instagram, Novetalone, and, and you know we get – you know. Uh, a lot of people get get to us through Sherbinsky's, and so that's another way to do it. John Wharton, thanks a lot. Thank you so much. Thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate it. Mm, good show. That's our show for today. As always, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Weed Week News, or email us at hello at weedweek.net. And for lots more weed news, you can sign up for our Weed Week newsletters, uh, Weed Week, Weed Week California, and Weed Week Canada, all at weedweek.net. I'm Alex Halperin. And I'm Donnell Alexander. Our producers, Hannah Smith and Alicia Beyer, wrote our theme music. Additional music is from the late, great Andre Bush. We'll see you again here next week. Later. Bye.